Welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, Israel, and the nations. Welcome once again to the Noahide Nation Show. And believe me, we appreciate you being here for this hour every week. Folks are, are definitely the greatest. And Prescott and I appreciate all the emails that you send in to us. And, you know, and I hate to rehash it, but for any of the new folks out there, let me go ahead and rehash it one more time. And you can send your emails to Noahide at IsraelNationalRadio.com. So, we appreciate it. Keep them on coming and uh, give us any questions, any problems you might have with either me or Prescott, maybe even an idea for a show. So, let me go ahead and bring in my co-host. He's a great guy, Prescott Johnson. Prescott, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Ray. And how are things... Uh... In your neck of the woods now. Well, things seem to be going okay. We're still here and we're plugging away. And Texas is just Texas. The only thing that's really neat about Texas, I should say there's a lot of things neat, but the thing that's really cool <laughs> is that everything is big in Texas. And and right now there's this big deal going on with the education of our children nationwide. Uh, as you may or may not know, all the textbooks that are purchased in the United States, everything that goes into these textbooks is is done in California or, I should say, and or Texas. And right now, Texas is leading the way on this. And so right now, there's huge controversy on the cultural side of things, you know, liberal and conservative, going on in Texas right now as we speak. Yeah. So this has been making headline news all over the country, and finally there are people standing up for what is right. And we might even actually, believe it or not, actually be able to say God in the schools once again. We're working on it. <laughs> wow. Uh, it, it, and it'll be great uh, the day that they start actually saying Hashem. Oh, boy, won't that be a wonderful day. <laughs> and hopefully it won't be hopefully it won't be at the very end of the end times. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say you never know it might happen sooner than you think. So, well, we'll keep everybody apprised. Believe you me. Yes. I wanted to go ahead and mention once again that we've got a big push going on with Noahide Nations. It's a big Pesach push. We'd like to raise as much money as we possibly can to help poor families over in Israel who are not in a position financially to afford everything that they need to really enjoy a Pesach. So we're looking to you folks. We're looking for your help. So anything that you can do, uh, there is no such thing as too little. So give what you can give and, and help us to help them. And Prescott, I thought it would be a wonderful opportunity as well to review the Sheva Mitzvot. I know that we may have some new listeners out there, and they may not even know what the word Noahide means, but obviously if they keep listening, they'll, they'll find that out. But let's go ahead and uh, review the Noahide laws for everybody, and why don't you handle that for us? Okay. Um, well, the... Uh 
the seven laws, the Shiva Mitzvot, uh, are as follows. You uh, are prohibited from committing idolatry, uh, a prohibition against murder, a prohibition against sexual immorality, a prohibition against theft, a prohibition against blasphemy, and to establish courts of justice, and the last one, I believe, is the uh, prohibition against eating the limb of a living animal. That's, Did that make seven? That's, yeah, I cor- think that's seven. That's yeah. Correct. Well, the last one is for sure not eating the limb of a living animal. Uh, oftentimes it gets confused with uh, the establishment of courts of justice versus the eating the limb of a living animal. But the eating the limb of the living animal actually, it was number seven, and that was the one that was yeah. given to Noah. And that was the first time uh, in the history of man that God gave permission for man to eat meat. And, uh, of course, along with that, there are parameters which we must adhere to. And yeah. that is what that law uh, entails. So that is the Sheva Mitzvot. That is what Hashem expects, expects from us as his creation. And these are the laws that the Gentiles, the non-Jews, are to follow if we intend on walking in Hashem's way and having a, a relationship with him. Now, we do have a very interesting show. I believe this may be the first time that we've had a show of this type on, but it's it's kind of cool because it has to do with travel. And I really don't get a chance to do much of it and have never had the opportunity to make it over to Israel. For some reason, up to this point, Hashem hasn't given my wife and I permission yet to go. So uh, we're still hoping for that, and we know that when we do get his permission, it'll be loud and clear. And I think he may be afraid, and I, I don't want to speak for him, of course, but he may be afraid that if we get to Israel, we may not come back to the United States. So <laughs> I, I, I think that might be part of the problem. <laughs> so, but we do have a kind of a neat show. Uh, Prescott, have you ever been to Israel at all? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, and and naturally, having grown up in a, uh, I guess, in a, a segment of Christianity that was uh, at least supportive of Israel, um, there was always that interest there. But of course, when I fell in love with Torah and uh, left Christianity. Then it was like, uh, something that has, it, it just, it's always there in the back of your mind that at some point you have to go to Israel. And, uh, so I'm certainly, uh, looking forward to, uh, the day when I'll be able to do that when some of my obligations here lighten up and, uh, will allow me the freedom to do this. So. Well, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping Hashem uh, will bless us both. It sounds like right now we're, paddling the same boat just on different oars so <laughs> hopefully well, hopefully we'll be able to take advantage of it who knows maybe he'll bless us and we'll be able to do it together now that would be hilarious but i, uh, I i'm not sure how they would handle it over on the other side of the pond <laughs> <laughs> in other words we wouldn't make it through customs <laughs> exactly exactly so just leave your guns at home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm an nra member what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Well, that's for another day. Uh, yeah. But we yep. do have a, just a, a wonderful individual with us today, and uh, he's going to 
to enlighten us as to some of the many areas that uh, people can visit in Israel. And I've always wanted to say this, and now I, I get to say it for the first time, is Shalom, Shalom. How are you doing? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Shalom Pollock. Welcome to the show. Hey, shalom to you all. <laughs> got your got your back, Ray. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is a blessing to have you on on the show today, Shalom. I just uh, I can't tell you because it's it's kind of a topic that you know we don't think a whole lot of, and yet I have talked to a number of people who have been to Israel, and every one of them. And I'm telling you, every one of them tells me that when you go to Israel, your life changes. Something happens inside of you at a spiritual level that is just an incredible thing. And I'm so looking forward to that time. And do you kind of you know, get the same kind of response from the folks that do travel tours with your organization? Every time. It's not just my organization. I haven't got an organization. I'm a tour guide, <laughs> and I, gu- I guide tours. Um, I can organize tours. I can be asked to guide a tour. And, yeah, for the last 30 years, I've been guiding and organizing tours in Israel, and that's been the reaction. People are just overwhelmed. People say, I thought it would be interesting. I thought I'd like it. But they leave walking on air and I get such satisfaction from that it's such a such a blessing to be part of that I, I'm really lucky to have fallen into this job and I really fell into it it's interesting how I got into this job in the first place I, um, I moved to Israel back in 1977 after uh, completing my education in the United States I have an MA degree in international relations a BA in history from Brooklyn College and uh, raised in a uh, Jewish Orthodox home Israel, the land of Israel, the Bible was part of our lives, but I didn't come from a politically uh, active family or, or school. I went to a Jewish school, but I wouldn't say they were consciously Zionistic. Uh, it was sort of always there, latent in the books, in the synagogue, but we really didn't r- uh, raise the Israeli flag, if you will. What had changed for me in relation to the state of Israel uh, was a six-day war. I was uh, 13 years old then, 12, 13 years old, and all of a sudden I, I saw my my parents, my neighbors, glued to the transistor radios in those weeks and days before the six-day war, in 67. And it, if you recall, it looked like the end. It looked like Israel was going down. There's no way this time that the enemies were going to uh, miss the mark and uh, not destroy Israel. They were threatening, you know, this history. They were threatening out loud. The world was silent. It was, it was echoes of, of the Second World War. The world was silent, and Israel was all alone. And at that age, I was very impressionable, and I realized something's going on here. And in school, we were saying prayers for Israel. And when Israel won the Six-Day War, actually the first day, sort of concluded the whole thing, that first great airstrike, taking out all the Arab air forces in a few hours, that unbelievable script that was written in heaven made us all take notice, uh, putting it lightly, that changed my life. And then I right. and then I came to Israel for the first time after high school for a summer, volunteer on a kibbutz, 
I uh, met my my relatives that were living in Israel for tens of years that I never met, and I was bitten by the bug. I came back for a year in Hebrew University as an exchange student in '73, and that was the year of the Yom Kippur War, 1973. When I came to the country, the country was one big party, post '67 party. But then all of a sudden, on October 6th, Yom Kippur, it's also a Shabbat Saturday, and two o'clock in the afternoon, sirens, and the country has changed since. And you know the history. It looked like the end. Israel was on the ropes. The Arab countries were pouring in on all sides. The Russians were all behind them. The world was quiet again. It looked like the end, and Israel punched back and sent them really beyond the starting lines in the most amazing counterattack in history. Israel was saved again. And I said to myself, listen, I can't watch from far. I can't visit every few years. I'm going to be living in Israel. I told myself when I finish my studies, I'm coming back where I have to be. And I moved back after 77, well, in 77, when I finished my studies, and I've been in Israel since. I thought I would do this and that, the other thing. I wasn't really sure. Somebody in the absorption center where other immigrants were living was very excited about taking the tour guide course. He planned this out for years, take the Israel tour guide course given by the Ministry of Tourism, year and a half course. It never dawned upon me. But I said, you know, I like working with people. I love the land. I love travel. I love history. I'll apply. I applied. I was accepted. And a year and a half later, got my license. And that was 1980. I never looked back. And I was blessed. I fell into it. And I... I'm loving it still. Wow. So, you, so you're one of these guys who like a, a seat in the front row. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's what I used to say. <laughs> you know, Ray, that's, what I, that's exactly how I put it. That's how I put it. I am sitting in the front row. People who care about Israel, follow Israel closely, and visit, I find that they just don't totally grasp it. If you don't live here, you don't get a front row seat. You're right. That's a good hmm. way of putting it. Well, you know, I have uh, kind of a, I, I kind of did a little homework prior to the interview, and there was something that you had said that I thought was just one of the coolest things about when, when you made Alia. Uh, you were you were living in New York at the time, and you made Alia, and that you made Alia after two thousand years, and I thought, you know what, that is pretty cool. Obviously, you're not 2,000 years old. I mean, obviously, it's, 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 at least I don't think you are. Uh, the Torah tells me that you can't be that old. But it just, it just really caught me that, gosh, you know what? He is so right. It, it, it is incredible that there's not more folks doing what you have done. And I just thought that what a, what a great way to put it, that I made Alia after 2,000 years. Yep. It is, uh, it's amazing. It's a great honor. My family, uh, have, I guess, traveled through many continents, as many Jews have since the exile 2,000 years ago. Uh, we have roots in Eastern Europe, and then my, my family moved over to the United States, uh, some before, some after the First World War. And I'm the first one of the generation, after all the exiles and all the wanderings, to actually come back. And the prayer next year in Jerusalem, just said daily by Jews all over the world for, for millennia, I actually made it come true. And it is an amazing historical phenomenon, and it is a biblical prophecy come true, and I am part of that prophecy, which is, I think, very cool. 
I can't disagree with that. And by the way, folks, just so you're, you know, you know I'm sure some of you are curious, uh, this non-organization that Shalom Pollock doesn't belong to is actually called Shalom Pollock Tours. <laughs> and you can visit his website at Shalom Pollock Tours, and that's uh, Shalom, S-H-A-L-O-M, Pollock, P-O-L-L-A-C-K, Tours, and of course that's T-O-U-R-S dot C-O dot I-L. And there's a lot of information up there about Israel, about the tours that he, he puts on, and we'll start, you know, getting into the, uh, types of places and, you know, get that, that kind of information from him as well. And probably do that a little bit later on in the show. But, uh, you, you'd mentioned that the government travel program, it, and it took like a year and a half. Is this a pretty intense program? I mean, Israel's not a very big country. But it sounds like it must have been a pretty intense program. It, indeed it was. Indeed it was. Israel, you're right, is not a very big country. It's, in fact, it's a bit smaller than New Jersey. But it, it includes so many things, both in the way of topography, geography, and, and most importantly, history and archaeology. I mean, this is the crossroads of the world. And if you just dig in your garden, you can often find remains from who knows different eras certainly in the major places like Jerusalem and the Galilee and Hebron and uh, they're finding things all the time even as we speak, so it's a small country, but you know if you want to visit the country, just the highlights and you and you don't waste time just to see the highlights of the country, you need about between 10 and 12 days of from early morning to evening running around just to hit the highlights in a country smaller than New Jersey. And you can come back two and three and four times and still see things of interest, which are off the beaten track a bit. It's got such depth and such scope for, for, for a country this size, it is unbelievable. Hmm. Well, now, your background actually seems to uh, kind of feed into what you are now doing quite well, because uh, you've been involved in journalism, and, uh, and, and so you've obviously had an interest in, in current affairs and, and what's been going on in Israel. Right. And I know that even when you, when you started giving us a little bit of the background, I thought to myself, it's like, I feel like I'm on a tour right now. And, and uh, so, yeah, it, you just seem to be, uh, you know, it, it almost seemed like a very natural fit. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. You. And I'm lucky to fall into yeah. it. Yeah. I was a journalist cool. in the, in the, when I first came to Israel. And I had thoughts of working for the Israeli foreign ministry when I when I applied for this course. And the course was uh, so interesting. And I liked the idea of, of being a tour guide. And it really is a, is a good fit. Now, the, the course itself, and I don't know why this is playing you know, on my mind, but does a, does a course, it's a government course, is it pretty much what you would consider a secular course? I mean, it talks about all the secular places to visit, or does it really go into some in-depth biblical sides of this whole tourism in Israel as well? It's an interesting question. When I took the course, it was given only by the Ministry of Tourism. Today, years later, there are a few courses given by private organizations, licensed or okayed by the government. And there are some courses that have a more religious bent to it, and some with a more secular bent to it, while they all cover the major, the major topics that they have to cover with a different accent. When I took the course, it was, was only the government tour guide course, and it was basically uh, run mostly by secular Israeli people. Of course, now the history and the archaeology, you can't help but, but turn the pages of the Bible. In fact, when I took the course, one of the prerequisites was the summer before I began the course, 
I had to answer um, pages and pages of questions while using the Tanakh, the Bible, as the source for the answers. Now, that was a great opportunity for me because never in my life did I have to open the Tanakh to find information. I mean, I studied, I studied Tanakh as, as any, any Jewish uh, school kid would do, but I never had to use it as a real source. And that was a learning experience in more than one way. And the course puts you in touch with the Tanakh on an academic level, not a religious level, that you bring from home. There were those in the course that were religious, those that were not, and they relate to the Bible in different ways, but the Bible was taught. That's amazing, especially from a government agency. What's amazing? That they teach the Tanakh. I mean, that is, that that's part of the, the course material. I mean, here in America, many people in this country are doing everything they can to eliminate God and the Bible and, and just anything you can imagine that's uh, associated with the government. And, of course, they're trying to use the Constitution to do it, you know, the separation of church and state as the excuse for eliminating morality in in this uh, uh, country. And, of course, all morals do come from uh, on high. They, they come from Hashem. And I just find it fascinating that an actual government agency actually makes the, your textbook the Tanakh. I mean, that just sounded so weird when you first said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, well, you, you can't escape it. Although in Israel, too, there are different approaches to the Tanakh. Some will say uh, it is the word of God and uh, relate to it uh, accordingly. And some will say it is the cultural heritage of the Jewish people and it's very central in our history. But look at it differently, relate to it differently, uh, certainly to the laws of the Tanakh, how to uh, behave personally. Uh, there are differences here in Israel, too. And in Israeli schools, see, we've got a school system where children from secular families can choose to send their kids to Israeli secular schools where they'll learn Tanakh, but really as a partial history and partial, um, partial culture, uh, cultural book. Then there are state religious schools, also funded by the state, where the Tanakh is taken as the word of God and learned um, to, a, to a deeper and wider degree. And the, and the people... The, kids who come out highest on the national Tanakh um, contests are, are, are usually those kids who go to religious schools who take the Tanakh seriously as a, as a personal, personal book. Wow. Well, and it sounds like you really enjoyed it. I mean, you've been doing this now for, what, like 30 years? You've been taking people on tours? That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we're going to find out more about those 30 years and, and find out uh, the, the, the kind of tours that you take people on. And certainly, if I'm going to be coming over to Israel, uh, I'll probably be making a phone call to your uh, to your home to you know get uh, a front row seat where you're at to, to see Israel. In the meantime, folks, stick with us. We're going to be taking a quick break here, and we will catch you on the other side. Stick around.
If you love Israel and you're coming to the Holy Land, you need Israel's best tour guide. See Israel like you've never seen it before. Mayor Eisenman will take you around the country for an educational and fun experience. Each tourist gets a personally designed tour. The land of the Bible, the land of the Tanakh, comes alive in the hands of an energetic and experienced tour guide. Visit IsraelByMayor.com. That's IsraelByMayor, M-E-I-R, or email him directly at IsraelByMayor at gmail.com. Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you sticking around for the second half of the hour here on Noahide Nations. And we have just a, a wonderful guest. Uh, Shalom Pollock is with us today. And we've been talking about the tours that uh, he puts on in Israel. And we kind of found out a little bit about him and what uh, uh, motivated him to get into this over in Israel. And so now we'd like to kind of move that over into the the nuts and bolts of this, you know, the, the, the kind of tour that you take folks on, because again, I may be coming over there and I may want to get involved in one of these tours. And in fact, you and I, Shalom, have been talking about putting together a Noahide trip and doing it through Noahide nations and just try to get as many Noahides who would like to go to Israel over to Israel. I know that we wanted to talk about that, but we also want to talk about some of your DVDs. In fact, why don't you start by telling us about the DVDs that you have available on your website? Sure. I've got a DVD that I produced a couple of years ago. It's called Israel Ancient Roots Modern Miracle. It's 50 minutes, 5-0, and it covers the major biblical, I guess you would say, Old Testament Tanakh sites of Israel. I do um, a tour of Jerusalem in depth. I do Judea, Samaria, Hebron area, Gush Etzion in depth, and uh, the Dead Sea area, Judean Desert, Masada, with a lot of cutaway film and, sh- and, and shots and, and artwork and music. And the recurring theme of the DVD, and this is why I made it, is to connect the land of Israel, the land of the Bible, and the the people of Israel, and the Torah sources. I think any tour of Israel has to focus on that. You know, Israel is a modern country, a, a very, very dynamic and super impressive little country, leading the world in so many, so many things and so many fields. Really super impressive, but without the biblical roots. In my opinion, there's no reason to build another democracy, another high-tech center in the world. We're here because of the Bible and the biblical places. And that's why folks visit here, but not for the high-tech, though it's very impressive, but for the biblical sites and the connection. And it is, I think, my mission to bring this home to people when they come to Israel and give them a much better understanding of why this place is so unique 
it's because God said it's unique. It's the only place in the world where God said, this piece of land should belong to this people, and this and that should happen in this land. And that's the little Israel. And so my DVD hopefully brings that to life, and my tours uh, do so as well. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm not sure if it was on uh, your website or an email or maybe you even mentioned this to me, that you really try to give your tours a, a flavor of return to the land kind of flavor. And and I'm, I'm kind of curious, it sounds almost like an outreach to the Jewish people who have not yet made Aliyah. Is that kind of what that's all about? Or uh, am I out in left field and it means something completely different? No, no, you're, you're right. That's definitely one aspect. When I guide uh, Jews through the land, I don't bang them over the head with, with Aliyah. It's a very personal thing. You know, when I, you know, when I first made Aliyah, I was a, I was a real missionary for Aliyah. If I did it, everyone's got to do it. I was younger then, and I was, <laughs> and I was uh, in a different place. But you know, if I was leaving my family and my home, you all have to do it. All, all the millions of you. Now, truth of the matter, truth of the matter is. Uh, the Bible and God says you should do it, but I'm not God and I'm not, I'm not the Bible, and I can't tell somebody you got to do it. You know they've got their own life and they've got their own their own timetable. But what I do do is focus on the fact that this is a biblical injunction, and the fact that it is a miracle, and that the fact that I personally am thrilled to be part of this miracle. And I think that many Jews who visit Israel, uh, certainly with me go home thinking about the idea a little more seriously. I don't, you know, I'm not on a, on a crusade to bring every tourist back as, as an old land, to make Aliyah to Israel, but I want to connect them deeper with the country and, and with the biblical roots, and if I do that, I'm satisfied. Hmm. Well, and if you do that and you only get one person to do Aliyah, I would have to say mission accomplished. I mean, you know what? I, I know how important I, it is, ultimately, for the, the Jewish people to be in the land that Hashem promised them. Yeah, and, there, and happily, there are those that, that have toured with me and have moved back to Israel and told me that I was one of the major reasons why they did so, and it made me feel oh, just super happy. Wow. I mean, I, you know, if you choose a career and you can accomplish that during your, during your career, that's it. It was worth it. It was all worth it. Now, did they want to actually move next door to you? <laughs> well, maybe, wow. Some, some did, but I asked, I asked them to lose my address. <laughs> so I guess maybe you're considering going into the real estate business, too, so you can get, get homes for these folks. But uh, yeah, uh, well, it's a nice place. Yeah. That's uh, uh, excellent. Now let's move this conversation over to the Noahide side of things, or the Gentile side of things, because certainly it's not just Noahides that would want to be going to Israel, but just Gentiles in, in general, you know, especially uh, Christians as well. But in speaking specifically about Noahides, what sort of tour would you want to be taking us on? What would you like us to see, and what would the tour be all about? You know, I, the Noahide tour would be very, very similar to a Jewish tour. Uh, it's the land of the Bible. It's anybody who is who believes in the Bible and is interested in the Bible and reads the Bible wants to know where these places are, wants to see them, wants to walk on that soil, wants to know where the matriarchs and the patriarchs and the kings and the prophets 
where they were active. And that, for me, is continually exciting. I never get tired of that. And to bring folks to these places, I vicariously just get excited about their first-time experience again and again and again. So I would organize a tour of the land of Israel showing the various sides of the country, certainly the modern state of Israel, the modern struggles of Israel, the, the, the wars of Israel, the, 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 the heroics of modern Israel, but with a, with, a, with a great stress on the Bible coming alive. Now, you were, you were saying uh, uh, earlier uh, to us, but of course the audience didn't get to hear this, that uh, with the Noahide tour uh, would include uh, visits to uh, rabbis and, and people involved in uh, uh, the B'nai Noah movement. Yes, uh, there are rabbis, uh, some, some I know personally, that are very active uh, in the movement. And uh, I'm sure we can organize a meeting with them, discussions. I think that would be a highlight. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of curious, too, the, in fact, the Tanakh and uh, also the, the Talmud speak about uh, Melchizedek. Of course, when you read the Talmud, it talks about Melchizedek having been Shem, Noah's son. And I'm just curious, does your tour have, like, the residential quarters of uh, Melchizedek, where he stayed, or, you know, is there a, a place where he and the, the, the congregations worship? Anything at all to do with Melchizedek, okay. or any other Noahide? I can show you something. I can show you his living room, his, his drapes. His <laughs> <laughs> well, Melchizedek Malk- uh, lived in Jerusalem. Right. And he uh, received Abraham. And uh, there's amazing things going on in the place where that happened, in Jerusalem, in old Jerusalem, which, which is called the City of David. And the excavations there, going back to the times of the Canaanites, which was the Malchizedek period. Mm-hmm. And after that, the uh, the first temple period, the conquest of the city by David, they found uh, remains of the palace of David. They're finding amazing things there. That's a real highlight. So that's where he lived, and that's where it all began. Hmm. Now, what about the uh, Academy of Shem and Eber? Is that in the same area, or is that off somewhere else? Or do we even know where that was that- at? Well, we know it's somewhere in Samaria, uh, north of Jerusalem. No one knows exactly where that was. We know the general region where it was, and Samaria and Judea, the two very biblical center parts of the country, or from the press calls it the West Bank, the areas that were conquered by Jordan in 1948 and then restored by Israel in 1967, uh, in Samaria is where the yeshiva of Shaman Eber would be. No one knows exactly which hill that was on. But I definitely would take people, anybody who has interest in the Bible and in the, in the modern drama of Israel, to Judea and Samaria to see the most biblical places, Hebron and, uh, and, and the area of Bethel and Shiloh and Shechem, these areas, Jerusalem, these areas is, is, the, is the backbone geographically of the country, and certainly historically and biblically. And those are places which, unfortunately, too many folks don't visit because it's deemed uh, politically controversial, and some will say it's dangerous because it's in the news. So what I do, what I urge people to do, is organize tours to, the, to those areas, if need be, with a bulletproof bus, 
which I do. <laughs> and we, we, we get a bulletproof bus. We go to those places and we visit the brave people, the Jewish people who are coming back to those lands. And they are the cutting edge of the people of Israel. I have got the greatest respect for them. I like to visit with them, talk with them, give them encouragement, learn about them. And that's what I do. And any group that I organize, I make sure to do one day in Judea, one day in Samaria, meet the people, go to the most biblical sites, and that is always a huge highlight. Wow, that is so cool. That really yes, is. is. Uh, I mean, I would look forward to that. I mean, I'm kind of a thrill seeker, and, uh, you know, that would kind of uh, be part of the thrill, I would imagine. But, you know, and I'm not uh, too familiar with, you know, all the alumni of the Academy of Shem and Eber, but I know that Jacob was is one of the alumni. It was kind of neat to learn that, that he actually studied there for some uh, seven years. So it'd be kind of neat to be able to see to see that area and be able to, as a Noahide, be able to relate to something that directly involved Noahides in, in a way that I don't think most people uh, truly understand today. Oftentimes, the the heritage that Noahides have, as far as you know, Noah having walked with God and been righteous in his generation, basically saving all of mankind, it goes you know un, unseen, un, unspoken of. And and I think for Noahides, it would be very cool to have a, a tour that would be just something that uh, is identifiable for them as they're going through the the land of Israel. And and I think with this uh, tour that we're going to put together for Noahides, and you know, get it up on the uh, Noahide Nation website, and I'm sure you'll have it on yours as well, I think it would be very neat to have those types of things involved, as well as the meetings with the, the rabbis. And uh, I mean, that would just be a, a phenomenal thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, I'm very excited. Well, that will be the very first time ever that a Noahide Nation tour would be organized. That would be a first. Hmm. It's exciting. Now, maybe, maybe we should get uh, Professor Vendel Jones uh, uh, to bring a pickaxe, and we can go find a hill and start uh, digging. Well, <laughs> Since we're all there, I mean, you know. That, uh, that, That'd be a good look, yeah. That's an interesting thought. In, in fact, speaking of Vendel Jones, they're getting ready. They're uh, right now uh, promoting and putting together their 20th anniversary conference, which is going to take place here uh, uh, on uh, Memorial Day weekend in Bruceville, Texas. So you all will want to uh, have a have a look at their website and you know just type in you know uh, a keyword search for Vendel Jones, and that'll get you to their website, and you'll be able to see all the details about that conference. But they're also going to be celebrating his birthday. Vendel is going to be 80 years old, so I don't know if I want to be in the vicinity if he's going to be swinging a pickaxe. <laughs> so, but Vendel's a, a great you guy. Know, I, and, I heard him talk. He's great. I heard him talk a couple times in Israel a few years ago. What a colorful person he is. Oh, yeah. Oh, he boy. Is. Great speaker. <laughs> in fact, he was acknowledged as a, a hero in the Six-Day War. don't know if you were aware of that, but I think they wrote about him in, I don't know if it was Time, I think it was Time Magazine, where he was actually a volunteered and was a frontline person on, on the side of Israel, of course. And because of a, a special color blindness that uh, Hashem had given to him, uh, he was able to spot the enemy encampments because they were all camouflaged and they, they, they couldn't find them. And he, with his color blindness, was able to spot them like they were, you know, bruises on a, on a, on a hand or something. And he, so he would, so he had a forward position. 
position, and uh, they were able to take out these emplacements because of the coordinates that he would give them. So, you know, Vendel was a, a, a big guy over in Israel, oh. too, not just here in the States and for no eyes, but over in Israel. That. I know where he lived while he was doing his excavations. He lived in a place called Mitzpeh Yericha, which means the overlook of Jericho. And from that village in Judean Desert, you look down, and Jericho is in the palm of your hand. That's one stop. I always like to stop people to see that, that Jewish village and, and just look over the hill and look down and see Jericho, the back door to Jerusalem, the first city that Joshua conquered, crossing Jordan, uh, just below that town called Mitzpah Yericho, the overlook of Jericho. And I think he lived there for a while. Wow. Well, one of the uh, other things that I was curious about as far as the rabbis that you would want the you know, to, to have speak with the Noahides. Any any ideas who that might be? Well, one rabbi that I've had associated with for, for a number of years, Rabbi Yoel Schwartz. Oh, <laughs> sign <laughs> me he up. Is, he, he is the, isn't he? The rabbi, yeah. isn't he? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's quite a scholar, quite a, quite a personality, yeah. a very low-key personality, actually very modest I've got a huge respect for him mm. and his, his knowledge and his, his, his zeal for, for, for Torah and for reaching out to Noahites is just amazing. And I studied with him for many years in, in yeshiva called Devar Yerushalayim in Jerusalem. Oh. And we had very small classes and I had, had the great honor of uh, almost one-on-one with him for, for a number of years. And he's a fountain of knowledge and and inspiration. So I'm sure he would meet with with, with our group, uh, he and others. Yeah, and for folks listening who may not know, Rob Schwartz is the, um, he's kind of the, uh, represents the Noahide interests in the uh, nascent uh, Sanhedrin. Right. If you go to uh, the Sanhedrin website, uh, you can... Uh, uh, read up a little bit about what uh, you know their involvement with the B'nai Noach movement. So, well, I think it'd be kind of neat yeah, too sure. to get with uh, Rabbi Richmond and maybe uh, have a look see at the uh, the Temple Institute and see Super. some of the work that he's doing because I know he's speaking to Noahides all the time and it'd be great to be able to meet with him in his mm-hmm. uh, homeland. Right, to visit the Temple Institute in Jerusalem and to uh, and to visit on the Temple Mount would be a fantastic highlight. Yeah. Now, uh, I also understand that you've been doing some recent tours uh, in the United States. I mean, you've been invited to uh, do some lectures uh, here in the U.S. Uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, I visited the United States um, in October, November 2009, a few months ago. And I brought with me my DVD, Israel Ancient Roots Modern Miracle. And I put together two PowerPoints, one called The Arab-Israel Conflict, It's Not About Borders. And the second PowerPoint was a virtual tour of the books of Joshua, Judges, and Samuel 1. And I took that to Jewish and non-Jewish communities in three states, New York, Pennsylvania, and Texas, and with my first foray in, into the United States on a lecture tour, I just put it together myself and got a few invites, and I was very encouraged. And I hope to make it a yearly uh, visit, come back again next fall, and I'm putting together another PowerPoint right now about the miraculous modern wars of Israel. I think I'm going to call it 
Israel's Modern Wars, The Hand of God Revealed. And I'm working on that now. So I'm going to be coming back, God willing, again in the fall and see who will want to, uh, to uh, host me. Hmm. Now, is that cool. going to be up on your website as well, you know, like s- some dates of when you're going to be making this yeah. trip? So so the groups that wanted to have you come and speak uh, would be able to contact you somehow? Right. I'll put that up um, a few months before I make the trip, probably sometime in the, in the later part of the summer. And I'll be going sometime in October. Okay. And we can put it up on our website, too. So just get get me the details, and we'll put it up on the calendar of events and get it announced so folks know when you're going to be in town and where you're going to be in town and what the uh, uh, lecture topics are going to be on. Now, I've, I've got a question here that's just something that, I, you know, drives me crazy sometimes because there, there's so much going on in, in Israel. I mean, you've got terrorist attacks. I mean, you've got, you know, Hamas in your backyard. I mean, your own government, you know, was giving away God's land. I mean, kicking, uh, you know, the Jewish people out of their own homes and, uh, you know, from what I understand, not giving them new places to live. And, I mean, you know, everybody's got issues, but for some reason the issues in Israel are very powerful. And I'm just curious, what keeps you there i mean for for me i look at some of these and go man i i I don't want to get out of here what keeps you there i mean how do you deal with all of this never a dull moment (laughs) (laughs) you you, you, You ought to write a book on that (laughs) you know i I always say you can you can die of many things in israel but never of boredom (laughs) (laughs) look it's a very exciting place you know it used to be used to be years ago you get up in the morning and here's some unusual news you would say wow that's unusual I don't say it anymore nothing is unusual <laughs> nothing is unusual everything's expected I'll tell you the truth because I'm very passionate about this country I get very very happy about the wonderful things and and I see the prophecies coming alive all around me and of course I get frustrated by the uh, two steps back and sometimes well too often our own leadership doesn't get it but, and if I didn't believe in God and the Bible, I really wouldn't be here another two weeks. I really would not. But since I know God has his eyes on this, on this country and this nation and this land and has a plan for us, and as the prophet said, the signs of the, of the times are clear in gathering of the exiles, the blooming of the desert, defeating the enemies, the world coming up against Jerusalem, it's all happening. And I'm right here in the front seat. Yes, it's frustrating sometimes. But I know that this is a greater picture than I can understand sometimes. But this is where the action is. And I wouldn't live anyplace else. Well, I guess uh, you could say it'd be unusual if nothing were happening. You wouldn't know where you were at. (laughs) Yeah, right. I think I'm back in Brooklyn or something. (laughs) Yeah, nothing happens in New York by comparison. Anyway, it looks like we're bumping up uh, towards the top of the hour, and we're going to have to bring this to a close. And it's just been a a, a wonderful hour that we've been able to share with you, Shalom. And and I appreciate you so much taking the time out of your busy day to uh, spend with us and, and to spend with our listeners. We really do appreciate it, and we hope you'll come back. Oh, I want to thank you for the invitation. I really enjoyed um, visiting with you guys as well. Okay. Well, folks, we're going to have to bring this to a quick close, and uh, all we've got to say is we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, please, my friends, always look to the heavens for your help from Hashem, because I am going to guarantee you he is always looking out for you. 
Prescott. We'll see you next week. Shalom. Shalom from Yerushalayim. To the Zionist you entity, connected to the broadcasting live from the state of Israel, from the Israel, Israel National Radio, Israel National Radio.